It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to BGN Radio. Uh, hold on, Lenny. We got breaking news. According to Les Bowen. Les Bowen. Doug Peterson will be the Eagles coach. League source confirmed. There it is. So, uh, <laughs> Wow. How about that? So it's not going to be Shermer. According to Les Bowen. He is tweeting out that Doug Peterson is going to be the next Eagles coach. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Episode number, what? What are we on? 142? You're going to learn how to Dougie once again. What a freaking terrible coaching shirts this turned out to be, huh? Uh, well, we got the uh, we got the boys in charge, of course. Once again, we are presented by Clip It, one of the hottest apps that is out there. We can watch live TV, make clips, put them online. It's fantastic. We'll be talking more about that in the middle of the show. Of course, it is Friday, and if you're listening to us on the live show, it's 3 o'clock, so... Uh, make sure that uh, you are following our SoundCloud, the uh, Stitcher. If you're on iTunes on the replay, please rate, subscribe, review. Uh, good ratings, bad ratings. We just want the feedback, and it uh, it is what helps grow this podcast. And right now, let's introduce uh, the squad that is with us, uh, the co-host in charge. You can hear us every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on 97.5 The Fanatic. It's the one, the only, Mr. James Elzer. James, what's happening today, bud? John, I'm happy to announce that Andy Reid has advised me to uh, re-up with BGN Radio, so I will be here longer. Uh, Andy, running the ship, so uh, thank you, Andy, and uh, time's yours. Uh, I will, uh, actually, I picked up the phone, I called Jaws today, and uh, once you know it, he said, you know what, the man for the job in the two-seat is Mr. Sean Brace from PhillyInfluencer.com. <laughs> Sean, what's happening today, buddy? I don't want the job. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking away. I brought tasty cakes. I brought tasty cakes. Yeah. Uh, no. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking about this one here. Of course, you can catch uh, Sean and actually myself. We always uh, kind of chatted up about all things Philadelphia, not just the Eagles, but 
predominantly taking over the headlines with uh, phillyinfluencer.com Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I, James, let's just get right into it, man. I mean, I promised myself, and I, I still have the same kind of opinion here, that Doug Peterson on his own, you know, I don't know, persons, that he I, – I can't really judge him. I can't. So, but as far as the search goes, I think that's why – Obviously, that's why people are upset. I think everybody's like, well, yeah, this whole hum kind of wait and see with Doug Peterson here. But just kind of what transpired here with McAdoo, with Gase, with Tom Coughlin, it is obvious to me that he wasn't the first choice. So despite maybe trying to strike lightning twice here and getting Andy Reid Jr. and getting the gang together, Brad Childress has kind of been already been linked here. There's a bunch of Kansas City assistants that I would assume would come over. This feels terrible to me right now, and uh, again, that's without any opinion on Doug Peterson. Yeah, John, can we just call it a shit show? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that—that's the the best description for it. Uh, It's uh, it's really outrageous when when you stop and look at it, and and the decision to fire Chip, uh, you know, a week before the end of the season. I think all three of us have said that we probably would have given Chip one more year to try and fix his own mess, but you know, you understand it. You can't. You can't criticize the actual fire that much based on how bad it went uh you can criticize lack of resolve all that but whatever the real issue is that they fire this guy with a week left in the season claiming that they are going to get a head start and and do their due diligence and then this shit like shit show happens they rooney ruled deuce i'm sorry they rooney ruled him which which sucks because because you know deuce is uh, worked hard for that team, and he's worked his way up the ranks, and, and I think that he's going to get a shot someday, but they Rooney-ruled him. And, and then, you know, you don't interview Hugh. You get They reach out to Hugh Jackson at the last second before he takes the Cleveland... R- reach, in quotes, by the way. Bra- yeah, the Cleveland Browns beat you to, to Hugh Jackson, in theory. And, and then just the stories we're hearing with Jeff McClain's article today about Gase essentially keeping the Eagles in his back pocket but choosing Miami because better quarterback, more ready to win. Same thing with McAdoo, using the Eagles as leverage to get that Giants job. It, it's just been, it's so disastrous. I, I Look, like you said, I, Peterson, whatever, who cares? I don't, I personally, I don't think it's an exciting, a good hire. It's obviously not exciting or, or inspiring. I don't think it's going to be a great hire. Just, I don't think this guy has the experience or, or the, it doesn't have that leader of men feel from what you hear of other people. He's a teacher, but maybe not a leader. That, that, who knows? You know, we've seen a lot of coaches like Arians and Zimmer and these guys who weren't, you know, the top guy or, or were kind of left for dead, so to speak, who have become great coaches. The real issue is Lurie and Roseman and his front office and, and the disastrous way that this whole thing has gone down. Yeah, and, and let's get something straight here. This is not a should-have-kept-chip anything. You know, that that, that wasn't going to work. Chip obviously knows what he did wrong, and I, I think this is where we kind of always run into this thing where there's a thing that happens here, Sean, and then it doesn't get met with in the middle. It, it's not like you can say that – just like James is saying, like there's there's obvious fault in what Laurie and Roseman have done, uh, and but I don't want it swinging the other way. And this goes out to everybody: stop with the Jew jokes and everything else that's kind of getting thrown out there. Like, oh, Roseman's a Jew, obviously he's never learned football. Has nothing to do with it whatsoever. If he's gonna file, fail on his own, let him fail on his own. It has nothing to do with his, with his religion at all. Stop it. Like, I, yeah, I, I I'm don't Jewish, John, understand. and I know more than all these other people. No, <laughs> but I am Jewish, so uh, I'm with you here. But, Sean, regardless of that, like, this just feels, and we were talking about it off air, it just feels like 
one big pile of a PR show with this Jaws thing coming out, with reaching out to Andy Reid, which should be more concerning. Like, if it, it, the two things that I've pointed to now is Roseman wasn't good enough to keep his job or whatever happened last January, mm, and yep. now you're telling me that he can't even conduct his own coaching search and that he's Lori's reaching out to Andy Reid and all these other people. Make a decision on your own. Make a decision on your own. That's what it feels like to me, Sean. Yeah, and you're exactly right. I, I think that Howie Roseman is just happy making the money that he is, and I think there's something to be said about that when you're making, what, 1.3 to do exactly what? Nobody knows what Howie Roseman has done even when we were selecting that first season in the draft room with Chip Kelly. Nobody knows what Howie Roseman has done for this organization throughout the years. It is amazing, but the bottom line is he is Jeffrey Lurie's man. Just think about how many years he knew Joe Banner. 45, 50 years of his life, and all of a sudden he got rid of him because of Howie Roseman? Just amazing. I totally agree with you guys when you say that, that that's the problem. That's what we got to look at. But talking about the hire and the coaching search, John, you're spot on because I got to ask you guys this. If, if Jeffrey Lurie did not know Andy Reid, is Doug Peterson even getting an interview? No. No way. No way. Absolutely not. He's not on anyone's list. Why would he be on their list? So that tells you all you need to know. Look, uh, Paul Domowicz, who you could sit there and say about the Gruden, whatever, I think that there was some, some truth behind it. Not a lot. There was some there, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Domo doesn't put that out unless there's something there. Exactly. He's he's established. He doesn't need to. And Domowicz, yesterday from the Daily News, uh, well, Les Bone put it out, but he said Paul Domowicz spoke to somebody early in the coaching search that said if Jeffrey Lurie can't get a guy like a John Harbaugh, uh, uh, um, uh, John Harbaugh or Sean Payton, those were the two names that were mentioned. I guess you can throw Tom Coughlin into that same conversation with those two candidates. Doug Peterson is the guy. Now, we could sit here and say that Ben McAdoo was, uh, was, was a legitimate candidate, which I think he was. 1,000% legitimate candidate. They missed out him. Sorry, okay. you're not going to sell me otherwise. But well, did he you... played them oh, real quick. McAdoo played them. Yeah. Okay? But did so you really that, you think know... that McAdoo would leave New York, though? I think there was a chance. The point but, is the Eagles you know, clearly did, you yeah, know, yeah. and that, that's the issue. I don't know if I did. I, as soon as this all started, when Coughlin got fired, when he resigned, whatever you want to call it, I, I said McAdoo's going to be the guy. I mean, it just made sense with sure. Eli and all that, but – but, uh, you know, clearly the Eagles got played somehow, some way here. It, the, the interest was clearly real. I mean, McLean, Bowen, all these people are coming yes. out and saying, yeah, they, they, they had an offer. They wanted, to, they wanted this guy. I'll just finish up with this. Doug Peterson was in the back pocket like you touched on, James. Nobody was interviewing him. Nobody's going to go out there and hire him. They had nothing to worry about, and they realized that it was Andy Reid's guy. They knew him for how many years. They flew out there. Gee, golly, it's nice to see you guys. Thanks for coming out to Kansas City. And he was in the back pocket, and here we are. That's why he was hired. Absolutely, Sean. And that's what I, that's what I, I think we have to drive home here is because there's going to be a lot of selling of he was – the number one guy. The actions say com- the direct opposite of that. The direct opposite. Sorry. They they lost on Gase. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you think it's just agents and leverage, they lost on him. They lost on Hugh Jackson because he didn't want to come there. They didn't want to interview him. Whatever it is, they lost out to Cleveland. Uh, San Francisco, whatever, it's Kelly. That might more than likely is probably going to end up in a disaster unless both the GM and Kelly kind of changed the situation and what their mentality is. Tom Gamble had a lot of say in there. They're getting the band back together. But, you know, Miami, New York, Cleveland, 
those teams beat this out. And I don't think it's easy to say that it's just personnel. You can pretty much do this at, at any regard. You can't tell me that Cleveland has a better personnel than what's going on with the Eagles and a chance and an opportunity to pick your own quarterback if you want to. That seems appealing to me if you like guys in this draft. It also tells me that, you know, Sam Bradford trade is still <laughs> a good thing because, in my mind, when you look at the class, it's still terrible. Regardless of that, James, I'm just, I, I think I'm just more at the point of, of frustration with how this was approached, how everything was done, and the fact that when we came on two weeks ago and said, this is, we feel like the Browns and we feel like the shittier teams in the league, this all but confirmed it to me. Th- they're not a premier team in the league anymore. And this this bullshit, fra- like the the whole franchise is is a fraud, really. If we if we want to keep throwing that loose, stupid term around that we do with everybody that comes in and out here, it is not a golden goose, and it never really has been. So, I, I, well, I don't know. I, I, it, it's more that that I'm very frustrated from mm-hmm. that point of view that they're selling how good this organization is, and it's really not, especially when you conduct yourselves like this, James. Yeah, well, and I also think clearly it's not when coaches are choosing other situations over it, including the Miami Dolphins. Really? Like, when has football mattered in Miami since, you know, the 70s? Dan Marino a little bit. I mean, no one cares down there. You know, that's how bad it is. And I think you're dead on with the front office. Uh, You know, we've talked about it, obviously. But uh, to only interview six guys, you know, how can you claim that you're doing due diligence, and and I know they didn't say it, it's going to be an extensive search, but the way they talked, they implied that it was going to be extensive, that they were going to exhaust all outlets, that they were going to find the best person for the job. And and you only interview six people? You're telling me that without knowledge of these people, and, and three of those people they already know. Peterson, Deuce, and Shermer are known commodities. You interviewed three new people. How is that extensive? How is that due diligence? How is that anything remotely resembling a, a, an appropriate head coach search for any team, much less one, coming out of the disastrous situation they were in and really needing to get the fan base back believing in them? Uh, it's, like you said, John, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster. This front office right now, the, the whole coaching search has been an unmitigated disaster from start to finish. And no matter how many times Jeffrey Lurie says we got our guy, every single one of us knows it's complete bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and uh, Juan in the chat room is bringing up a good point. He says, you know, there was reports that he wanted uh, a lot of control in, in Oakland and where else. And, yes, that does make a lot of sense. The same with if Gase were to have control of the 53-man roster, which <laughs> it really it really has not a large impact. It I mean, all comes back to a yes man, right? Yeah, is that what we're coming back to? Not here? to a yes man necessarily. Maybe, obviously, maybe some of that there and the opportunity to have a head coaching position in the NFL. Everybody's going to jump at that. Maybe not so much a yes man, but just the fact that again, you don't have clear eyes on this thing. You don't I'll have clear yes, eyes, man. and because well, yeah, you can go yes man, but Sean, <laughs> this is what I'm saying here. If you don't have those things. The recency bias is still here, and we've talked about this already on your podcast, saying it feels a lot like it's the Flyers, like you're going to somebody that's been in the organization, somebody that you can quote-unquote trust here, and then launch somebody back in. Like Doug Peterson, to me, just seems like, yeah, th- this is, I, I don't know. Here's the silver lining, and the point I'm trying to get to is, at, is it at this point now, and maybe more so by the fans than it is Jeffrey Lurie, that this is accountability for Howie Roseman, even though that technically (laughs) 
he's not really – I don't know if he's picking these guys exactly because it sure seems like Andy is, but is this accountability for you now moving forward that there is – that he's responsible for this. We actually know what he's going to be able to draft. It, you know, personnel's on him. The choice is him. Will that matter in the long run? Interesting. Well, that's a good way of looking at it, and we'll we'll, we'll figure that out. I, I think obviously all signs are pointing in that direction that Howie Roseman is now the uh, quote unquote GM. I know that that that's not what we're going to do. I know Jeffrey said that in the press conference, but basically that's. Hey, the draft is right here. I mean, we're here a couple months away. It's going to happen. Doug Peterson, I have no idea what his talent evaluation is, but Howie Roseman will be at the top of that leaderboard as far as when it comes down to selecting those players. I, I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, you know, look, when everything was going down with Chip Kelly, Jeffrey Lurie was, was – uh, I forget who came out with this story, but Jeffrey Lurie was quoted as saying, I'm getting my team back. I'm taking this team back. And that's what this hire was. This hire was a safe pick. It was, I want a guy that's going to be friendly to the secretaries, that's it's going to bring a nice warm kumbaya feeling down to the Novacare complex, something that has been missed for the last two, two and a half seasons because of Chip Kelly. That's not his M.O., well, Jeffrey, he goes out there, gets Doug Peterson. You know what he's bringing to the table. He's been with the organization for how many years? He's Andy Reid, da 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 da. And this is where we're at. It's a yes man. It's a yes move. I like where you're where you're going with that question about accountability for Howie Roseman. Maybe we will start to figure out a little bit more of what Howie does. But you know they're gonna start saying, well, you know, it's a combination of things. Like who's the final? Who has final say? That question is going to be answered. And I'm looking forward to the next time Howie Roseman has to actually step up to the microphone because there's going to be a lot of good questions fired his way. But that question will be answered. Who will have final say? And I'm sure it's going to be answered by saying, well, it's going to be a collective effort. If they say be, that, I will fucking yep, collaborative lose my effort. Shit. Collaborative I, effort. Oh my nobody, God. nobody will be held. Nobody will step up to the plate and say, I have final say. Guaranteed. Book it. Yeah the, yeah, the coach will report to me and Tom and Howie, and we'll make the final decisions from there. So, like, there's don't forget about Don too. Don't forget about oh, Don. Don's. Yeah, yeah. So let's get all four of them there. Well, so maybe that is a Cleveland Browns move, right? They hired five guys to be their decision makers, and a guy from baseball. Hell, I I would take their situation right now over that. And I'm, you can replay I this. Would too. Can replay this in uh, in the, you know next October, and then <laughs> and make fun of it. But at the at the flip of that, and this is the other thing, too, is just th that still drives me nuts here because we're still going to be debating what exactly Howie Roseman's personnel control is. I thought today I heard he will be in charge of player decisions, 100%. So at least there's that here. And, James, I don't know if there's – and, again, it's so hard, that gray area of – it always goes to 2012, and then you try and bring up 2011. He's like, well, he wasn't really a part of that. 2013, well, that's more chip. Da, 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 da. Like, there there has to be both sides here. And I think that's really what led to the downfall more or less over anything is two guys not agreeing on the philosophy of, of drafting. And we've heard other, like, really crazy whisper stories about what Tom Gamble and Chip Kelly would do together and what led to his firing and a whole bunch of other things that we can't really – pinned down and what what happened with that conversation but at the, at least maybe we can start looking into that and does that scare you moving into look it's not a it's not the highest commodity out there but 13 is top 15 pick uh knowing that he's going to be 100 in control of the players where's your head with that I, I'm not excited. About it. I, I do think, though, I, we haven't gotten the actual clarity and, and we've heard mixed messages from what Jeffrey Laurie said in his press conference. I think it's pretty evident 
that Howie Lori, Howie Roseman, see Howie Lori, see that's what he should be called. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Howie Lori. Uh, yeah, yeah, little little Lori. Um, I I think it's pretty clear that Howie will have 100% control over the the final roster, the the personnel. I think that's pretty definitive. I, I think he's going to be able to build his own scouting department, build his own personnel department. I, I think all that's happening. Period. End of story. Um, I, you know, as far as the draft goes, uh, you know, I guess. With Howie, if there was one thing that he seems to do relatively well at, it's the draft. But again, you know, not a ton of, of great picks over the years. But like you just said, John, it's I, I don't really know what you can pin on him and what you can't. You know, we, we assume the Marcus Smith pick was him, but, you know, we don't know for sure. We think it is. There, there are so many little mixed differences in, in the mixed messages that we're getting out on, on who picked who and, and whatever. But I, I think the idea that, I mean, if you just look at it at the most basic level, if the fact that this guy was not good enough to get power over Chip Kelly last year and then was also not good enough, as you said on the show Sunday, John, for every single team in the NFL to also not offer him any sort of role in a personnel department or at least any sort of role where, you know, he would have uh, some sort of say because he would have taken it. Yeah. And and likely, you know, then I think that's the real problem, John. And I think that, that, you know, as a guy, even a, even just a pride situation, like wouldn't, I don't know, Sean, wouldn't at some point you would just go, if you choose Chip Kelly, you're losing me. I'm going, I'm going somewhere else. Like, wouldn't you give that ultimatum if that were really true? Um, two things come to my mind. First thing is you don't have confidence that it will work out. So you're going to come out on top. And I think that there was something to be said about that. Maybe how he, you know, was like, all right, it'll be, I'll get the last laugh because I don't see Chip Kelly having success. I don't know. Maybe he was thinking that two is, I'll give you three. Actually two is, uh, the 1.3 that I believe he's making, which is a lot, a lot of money at the end of the day. And three is, we don't know what the conversations were between Jeffrey and Howie. You know, maybe when he made that move, he was saying, Howie, I can't lose you, you know, buttering up, you know, stroking him, whatever it may be. But I can't lose you, Howie. You need to stay here. Who knows? Um, You know, there was no uh, there was no rumors out there that Howie Roseman. I I think there was that one article that was written. I forget who it was that Howie Roseman might be up for a, a general manager job, but there was no specifics on it. And that leads me to believe that all along he knew that the next up. Next in line, he's not going anywhere, and he's going to come out on top with the Eagles. I, I guess that's or, what's going or he floated that out there and got him more money. Very true. <laughs> you know, could, have, could have been the same thing. Yeah, there's you're a right. lot of that going on. But I, you know, I guess we, Sean, I'll stick with you. I guess we would, we should touch on a little bit. Like, look, I, I think that there was, I think there was quite a bit of interest in in Kelly, and more that's being reported, um, just from some of the things that have been going back and forth here. What are your thoughts on him on on landing in San Francisco? And at what point does, you know, if, if Doug Peterson's going one and three and he goes three and one out of the gate, how will Twitter oh. react? Oh, yeah. Or I vice mean, versa. I don't yeah, know. We're, we all we're, know what's going to happen if that We're happens. in trouble with that. We're in trouble <laughs> no matter what if Doug P starts out, uh, um, you know, just one and three or whatever it is. But for Chip, I, I'm, I'm a Chip guy, and I'm really interested to see if he learned from some of his mistakes, if he's willing to adjust, if he's willing to change his scheme just a little bit. And I don't want to argue about specifics, but you understand where I'm going. Yeah. I mean, the defense, when, they, when the players are telling you, look, coach, we're hurting at the end of the game, there's something to be said about that. You have to adjust to that. Um, but when you have these system-type guys – that's their biggest downfalls. They never want to change their ways. They're too stingy in their ways. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I would love to have been a fly on that wall 
Because one question that would have had to been asked in that uh, in that the interview with the 49ers is like, Chip, what did you learn? You know, what, what would you change if you can go back and change anything with the Eagles? What would you change? And, you know, Chip never opened up with us. And, and that bothered a lot of fans. It didn't bother me because I just want to win football games. Like, I don't care if you're nice to the secretary down at the Novacare Complex, even though I know her and she's a lovely girl, Jen. She's a great girl. <laughs> but I don't care if Chip's an asshole to her. And, you know, the, the, like, I want to know if Chip opened up a little bit in those press conferences or in the interviews with the 49ers. Or was it just like, you know what, Chip, you reached out to us. We want you. Uh, we need, look, they got a brand new stadium out there. They're, they're nobody. I mean, the place was empty all last year. The 49ers are hurting. They needed some buzz. And believe it or not, Chip Kelly, you know that. He brings that to the table. So that was a huge, huge role in the hiring of Chip Kelly. Well, especially with Kaepernick. And like his thing, I think as soon as yeah. it was announced, then they, they took all the uh, Kaepernick stuff off of clearance, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. some people were, were kind of reporting that. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Listen, he could change his mind on, on Kaepernick and, you know, trade 50 first-round picks for Bradford or, or whatever. Not, that's something I want to get into in just a second. But, uh, James, just your thoughts on, on Kelly going to San Francisco. Real quick, uh, just an update. Les Bowen tweeted uh, a few minutes ago, talked to Jaws ESPN about his role as a special advisor to the Eagles coaching search. He said Bill Polian also advised. So I guess wow. Jaws was involved and, and Bill Polian involved. So well. Andy Reid and ESPN uh, were involved in this hiring. That's basically what it's saying, right? Yep. <laughs> it's, 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 it's PR insane. move. I mean, it, yeah. it, like we all, we already said it. We already said we had to say so we don't have to go back. But it, come on, if Jaws and Bill Polian said such and such candidate uh, who is under Seattle, Pete Carroll, you know, quarterbacks coach, I don't know. He, he wasn't getting the job. He was not getting the job. Yeah. You know, so it's like, that's just bullshit. Complete PR. James, I want to come back to you. And this is what I'll say, too, because at this point, if you had Doug Peterson in your back pocket, why the hell wouldn't you wait for Bevel or McDaniels or somebody else that, well, McDaniels, I guess he could have, you know, they were on the buy anyway. But I'm just saying, like, any of those guys that are, what, what's the point? There's no rush. Kansas City's still in the playoffs anyway. I don't know, James. Well, yeah, no, no, John. I mean, it's a very cogent point. Uh, the problem is, is that. They didn't give a fuck. They you know, care. They, they had their guy. They had their they're like, all right, we'll take a shot at Gaze. We'll take a shot at Magadou, but we got Dougie. We're good with Dougie. <laughs> we don't you know, I, I think that's what it was. I think that they had this this guy just waiting this golly G, you know, Mr. Mr. Golly G Peterson waiting to go because literally no one else on the planet was talking to him. So, you know, what What else does the guy got to do? But he's ready to go. And I, I really think that's really how it played out. I think the reason they didn't talk to McDermott or, or McDaniels or any of these guys is is because they weren't interested, you know. And, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's that, that's what I keep coming back to with this search. And, and you know, again, the, the, we're, we're, we're ripping the process here, not the results. I, I don't think anyone's excited about Peterson, but we're not saying, you know, there's no chance Doug Peterson will be a good coach. You know, Andy, again, uh, obviously it's an example people keep using, but sure, no one thought Andy Reid was going to be great when he came here, and, and he did a really good job here, but it's the process. It's the idea that you're firing Chip Kelly with a week left in the season to get a head start, and you interview six fucking guys when there are a, a lot of at least as qualified candidates yeah. as the guys you talk to who are out on the market. So, yeah, and just switching back to it, James, like what are your thoughts with, with Kelly now in San Francisco and uh, should we all start getting our apology letters to Ellie Shore Parks <laughs> when they kill it, right? 
Yeah, no, I uh, I don't have to apologize. I, I you know <laughs> I was willing to give Chip a little bit more time, but I um I, I think he's going to do well out there. I, I do. I, I think. Look, uh, he had real issues here, uh, but he is a very smart guy. What, whatever else you want to say about him, obviously he's got you know emotional issues. He's not great with people. Whatever else it is, he's smart. And I think that he knows how bad this went and how quickly it went bad. And my guess, just a guess, is that he learns from it. And uh, I think, you know, with Kaepernick, man, I mean, you know, 20, I know 26 and 21. And, and I, again, I'm not saying they should. I'm, I'm fine with them firing him. I, I'm OK with it. But, you know, 26 and 21 with, with Nick Foles, Bradford, Sanchez. I mean, Kaepernick is, is definitely the most dynamic weapon uh, at the quarterback position this guy has had yet. By a lot, and uh, you know, I think it's going to be interesting, if nothing else. All right, uh, this is something else that I'm I'm going to bounce in. I'm going to share with everybody, and this is coming from someone I trust pretty well. Uh, I will also say this: Tom Coughlin was never taking the Eagles' job or any other job. He interviewed solely to get his guy's job. He was the insurance in case McAdoo didn't get the Giants or Eagles' job. So it doesn't look like Coughlin was really seriously considering any type of coaching style, which more or less, he's. I, I, that tells me that he was kind of there just to reassure the Eagles that McAdoo was the right guy, or the Giants that the, you know he was the right guy, or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, you can almost cross his name off the list, and you're really only left with what three real guys? Because well, or uh, I don't know. That's uh, I mean the guys guys that weren't exactly in their backyard. One of which who will probably touch again on Sunday. Like that's. That's what I'm saying with the Rooney rule and with everything else. With that's a, the NFL will never investigate that because then they have to re-examine their own rule, like that. And to me, yeah. that just does a disservice to, to uh, you know, all of the different black coaches that are out there when this stuff kind of happens. But that's a whole nother topic here. But Sean, that's what I'm saying. Like this, everything that keeps coming out and what's happening and like you're trying to sell me that Brad fucking Childress is going to be an offensive coordinator. <laughs> Again. It's chilly, John. It's chilly. Okay, yes, that's what we call him here, apparently. <laughs> I, Sir. Yeah, I, I, I cannot find me the silver lining here because I don't want to be all negative about it, absolutely everything because nothing's, mm. nothing's really happened yet. I'm taking, taking my shirt off and getting you know all red in the face, as Matt Daring would say. But uh, w- where's the silver lining for you right now? Well, two things. First thing is uh, about that Tom Coughlin. I, I don't know. And, and look, we all have our sources. We all have yeah. somebody that's telling us something. I, I, I'm not buying that. I think Tom Coughlin was a legitimate candidate. Um, I think there's truth in that New York Daily News report that came out yesterday that said uh, that the 40, the Giants were going to allow him to take some of his uh, coaches with him if he was uh, hired by the 49ers. Definitely not with the Eagles in the division. I think there's truth behind it. It just makes sense. I don't think Tom Coughlin's out there to waste time. And if you watch that press conference, you know damn well that he wasn't done coaching. He was asked that question, and then when him walking off, he he was like, that's that's the name of the game. It's not your fault, Eli. You guys win. Yeah. You guys win. You know, we lose, it's on me. And he looked like a guy that wasn't ready to give it up. So I think Tom Coughlin, and he fits that mold, that bill, what I just talked about, where Domowicz said that they want a Harbaugh or a Peyton. Tom Coughlin is on that level, whether or not we agree or yeah. whatnot. In Jeffrey Lurie's eyes, <laughs> yeah. he is. He's on yeah. that level. So I think there's truth behind Tom Coughlin was a legitimate candidate. You want a silver lining? Here's your silver lining. The NFC East stinks. It does. And it's not, not going to be better yeah, next no, that's year. That's completely you know? true. You Tony know what? Romo, here's a Tony, silver lining. Tony Deshaun, Watson, 
Deshaun Watson will be available in the draft in 2017. Hopefully, you suck enough this year to take yeah, it. Just yes. going number one. Yeah, ex- that's what go. I'm saying. Well, I'm that, saying, that, I mean, let uh, me ask you this then, James. Because of you know, Les Bowen had also said on the on the fanatic today that he wouldn't mind seeing or he he could see Shermer staying on as yeah. OC to keep Bradford. But so has this changed your mind on Bradford at all? It's changed mine a little. Um, uh, no, Bradford, I'm I'm kind of where I've always been. I, I've, I would be okay with the re-signing. I also, I don't necessarily love it. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle there. I'm kind of undecided, but just in terms of, of offensive coordinators, regardless of Bradford, and I am not a Shermer guy. I would take Shermer a thousand times over Brad Childress at this yeah. point. You want to look at Brad Childress's resume since he got fired as the Vikings head coach in 2010, 2011 out of the NFL, 2012 Browns offensive coordinator, 2013, a made-up job as the spread game analyst in KC. What the hell is that? I've never even heard of a spread game analyst. That I mean, at least Shermer has been an OC in the league recently. I do like the idea that maybe he learned something from Chip and and can kind of meld the two, his philosophies and Chip's philosophies together, and and maybe do something interesting. So I mean, I, and again, I'm not a Shermer guy at all, but I I would take him over Brad Childress a uh, hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, spread game coordinator sounds like like. A- it's uh, made up. It, it, it sounds, sounds made up. It sounds like it sounds it's like slang for like getting getting laid at a bar or something. I was like, yeah, ah. or it's like what a what a guy who's really good at. Ma- I'm I'm the I'm my my own Madden spread game coordinator. <laughs> like it. There. I spread him out. I'm running. It's awesome. Uh, Love it. uh, Sean, does this change your mind on Bradford at all? I've I've always been consistent on this, and you know this. I I want Bradford back. I thought he played well down the stretch. I he was not perfect by no means, but. Uh, uh, who else is going to be your quarterback? And I'm, I'm okay with them bringing back Bradford and drafting somebody. Um, there's not going to be a guy in the first round that they're going to be able to go up and get, I don't think. Um, uh, you know, I know that there's the two names that are mentioned, the, the quarterback from Memphis and then uh, Goff, who are just a, a top-notch quarterbacks. But yeah. I'd imagine they'll be going top five. I don't think the Eagles will be able to get those guys. So um, I want Bradford back. I want to trade Sanchez. I want to draft a quarterback in the late rounds, take a chance, maybe get somebody on the free agent. I don't know. I, I, I But I want Sam Bradford back to answer your question, yes. Yeah, I think that there's um, – yeah, I, I'm kind of going back and forth a little bit now because, I, you know, you know she – you see Watson. I see the crop of quarterbacks that are coming in here. I don't know. Maybe maybe letting him, letting him go might be the best decision. Only because I liked I liked what he and, and maybe and, and I'm jumping the gun here too because we don't know what kind of offense they really are going to run. Is it going to be based on what Andy Reid was running? Is it like a a game plan that both him and Shermer kind of come up with? Will there be chip type principles in there, et cetera, et cetera? I, I think that. My worry is that they won't be bad enough, right? And it takes them out of the Watson running. Because, again, for the millionth time, and I apologize for keep saying it, I don't trust any of these quarterbacks, at least not in year one. So I I, I might be okay with a a Sanchez rookie duo, and I I don't know, just kind of go from there. It's going to be one of the tougher decisions that I think they make. But regardless, I think it would – I think it is still a – a bad idea to kind of pass on Bradford just because of whatever the sunk cost or whatever it ends up being in 19 a year. I, I can see both sides of it now pretty clearly. It's just, I don't know, this thing's, this thing's got me spooked a little bit. But I tell you what, um, you know, there's a, a, a lot of wait and see. And basically I think that's going to be m- more the message as the week goes on once he gets announced. And I'm sure a lot of us will talk ourselves into the Doug Peterson offense after we see it in the first preseason game and like, oh yeah, this could really work out well. And 
you know, seeing, uh, you know, if Bradford is here or however they do in the draft, I, I, I do think the core isn't as bad as people think it is, especially on defense. And I, I guess we'll touch on that real quick, James. Uh, you know, Schwartz has already been kind of rumored to be in here. And a, a lot of the term, the wide nine gets thrown around a lot. You know, he ran it in Tennessee, Detroit, obviously in Buffalo. Um, but, you know, and uh, oddly enough, he wasn't uh, in Buffalo when Kiko was there because he was hurt for the year. But uh, to me, I think that would be a great, I- a great idea and a great hire as a D.C. if that were to come true. Is that how you were kind of feeling at, at this point as well? Absolutely. Uh, I, both the, the, the two names you've heard the most are, are him and Patton. And I would take either in a second. Uh, you know, I think... And um, Jeff McClain said this today on the Fanatic. He said that uh, it seems like they're really trying to surround, P- or they're going to try and surround Peterson with guys who have, have legit coaching and, and even head coaching experience in the NFL. And both Schwartz and Petten would would fit that bill. And and I think that that's the right move. You know, I I think that Peterson is is you know I don't this guy has zero head coaching experience outside of high school. You know, it's it's a big step. To coach, uh, to be a head coach in the NFL, and I think whether it's Schwartz, whether it's Patton, having a guy who, even if they were not successful in that go at it, has that experience, and even if it's Shermer as the OC or, or Childress, I guess in that case, um, I, I think that surrounding him with people who've had that high of a level of, of authority in the league is is a good thing. Uh, and from a scheme, I mean, I, I think that when they're not head coaches, I think both Schwartz and Patton are, are very good defensive coaches. I think they just you know, didn't excel as head coaches. And with Petten, you know, who the hell knows? Cleveland, it's hard to judge. But uh, <laughs> I, I do like both those names for sure. I, w- I would be happy with either of those guys. Yeah, Pet- local boy, Petten, right? Yeah, so, Petten, CB West, yeah. man. My wife, my wife, uh, my wife, her dad, real quick, his dad coached when uh, at CB West when she was there. She did not lose a game her entire high school career. She never yeah. lost a game. Yeah, she you know, play, guess obviously. who went to the rival high school that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. CB East. And we got our oh, asses kicked no. by him every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Sean, do you think that – I mean, obviously, I think that's going to be uh, – you know, we'll say it again. It's the, it's the approach that they took with Andy, or at least Andy taking that approach. Do you think it's – I mean, obviously, I'm not naive enough to believe that, like, oh, Howie and Lori are just picking staff out here. But uh, could they be without Peterson's discretion? <sighs> that's interesting. Um that's really interesting. I, I would I would say no. I, yeah, I think I you have think to so you have to leave that up to to him. But maybe they start talking about guys and and there's reasons you could you could definitely make the case for Shermer to remain as offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean yeah. he knows the strengths of what these guys do well. He he also knows their weaknesses. Uh, you know, Demarco Murray is not the same running back he was two years ago. So Doug Peterson's going to look at Demarco Murray going, that guy's an animal. All right, but. Guess what? He he's not the same guy he was in 2014. So, you know, these are the things that you need to learn. I, obviously, you can watch film and school yourself, but Shermer might be able to help you learn that a little bit faster. Let's put it that way. I am not opposed to Pat Shermer making that offense coordinator. I don't like him as a head coach. Um, yeah, Doug no, Peterson, Pat Shermer. Yeah, I'll still take Peterson over Pat Shermer, but I I would be okay with Pat Shermer remaining as the offense coordinator. Uh, and if this dating just get worse, and I think it just broke Twitter because yeah, uh, Chris Mortensen, I guess, is is reporting or somebody had reported. No, that- no, it's it's all over. I mean, everyone, all his colleagues, Schefter, all those guys are tweeting oh, out. It, it, it is a uh, he does have throat cancer. He's taking a leave of absence from ESPN. Uh, I haven't seen this, but a, a couple people texted and said it's stage four. Um, yeah. So- 
Yeah, that's really bad. Well, Is that uh, Mort? Mort yeah, is? Yeah, Mort, yeah, Mort Report. And then, uh, you know, I mean, look, uh, uh, David Bowie, cancer this week. Alan Rickman, cancer this week. It's uh, It's been a bad cancer week. Cancer sucks. Let yeah, me go on. Everybody stop getting sick, please. You are all getting sick way too early. Please stay on this earth. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how I transition back to that. I really can't, so I'll just say that I agree that uh, I, I don't mind Shermer here as the OC, and I think that would be – I think that would be good moving forward. I think you're going to see Unlin here for sure. I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm curious what happens to Stoutland. Basically, the four guys that they named that were going to stay in here. I'm curious to how that kind of goes on. Obviously, I think Deuce is going to be here, and I wonder if they switch out his role in any regard, like an assistant offensive coordinator, some some like weird boosting, I don't know, title that, that kind of moves forward. I think he's if, if he if he is as good as they say he is, and you know, for all the, again, for the crap that they've just kind of dumped him in and out of the Rooney rule, hopefully that there's some form of promotion there. And I'm actually glad that in the long run, I'm actually glad that he wasn't considered for the head coaching job. I don't think he's ready, but I think he is a good slash great coach. And eventually, if not with this regime, somebody will pick him up as an offensive coordinator and he'll get a better shot to do that. Because if they launched him into this thing, it probably would have failed terribly. And it would have been an even uh, higher higher uh, you know hill to climb to try and get a head coaching job but tell you what uh let's have a little fun right now because anything else we say is just going to be the same stuff we've been repeating for the last 40 minutes or so but let's have some fun and let us get until the nfl picks hit me it's time to ring the bell and play some bets hey i don't want your money touching my money here come our nfl picks here comes the money here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. So I will say, uh, at least as the radio show went, a uh, pretty decisive victory. And if I wouldn't have freaking called the outright from Minnesota, 27-yard field goal. Still killing me. But they did cover. And it was a, it was L- a decent Luckily, weekend. John, I think you're feeling better than Minnesota fans about that one. Yeah, holy cow. Oh, by the way, did you guys see the uh, the first graders in Minneapolis mm-hmm. se- sending out all the... Horrible. Uh, all, yeah, just all the, uh, I love you and you're still a good person. And, and don't you're listen so to the handsome and a wonderful <laughs> guy. It was great. I he went to it. the school today. He went to the first graders st- uh, classroom today. Oh, he did? Is that yeah. what happened? Oh. Yeah, pretty cool. See, Blair cool. Walsh, the kicker for the Vikings. That, yeah. is, that is good teaching and that is, uh, you know, that's a good appearance to show. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sean, let's start with you first, and uh, we're going to go to the wonderful Denver area as they are rolling in and facing a completely beaten up Pittsburgh team. Antonio Brown officially ruled out with a concussion. Um, uh, the line opened at five and a half for Denver, and it has swung to now a seven-point favorite for the Broncos. And even with Pittsburgh getting beat up, that looks a little strange to me, but I understand it. Uh, who do you have in this one, sir? Give me Pittsburgh all day. Give me Pittsburgh yes. all day. Catching seven, and I know no Brown. I get that. And Ben Roethlisberger can't even pick his arm up over his head. Give me the Steelers. Come on, man. On the road, I know the Denver Broncos, are. it's, it's a tough place to play, but I still don't have all the confidence in the world in that offense moving up and down the field. I'm talking about the Broncos. I do have confidence in the Steelers keeping it close, even winning that football game. So give me the Steelers plus the points all day long. Uh, James, who do you have in this one, pal? Yeah, you know what? I, I Look, the line went from three and a half to seven. Uh, if that doesn't tell you what you need to know, I don't think anything else will. No D'Angelo Williams, no Antonio Brown. I could throw it further than Ben Roethlisberger right now. How about this? Peyton Manning can throw it further than Ben Roethlisberger right now. As insane as that is, 
Fourth straight road game for the Steelers. I, look, if, if they had their guys healthy, I, I do think they would have won this game. But I, I think they could get shut out. That Denver defense is awesome. Revenge game at home against a guy who can only throw a couple yards and has no one to back him up. I, I just I think it could get ugly for Pittsburgh. Ring the bell again! I'm coming back on Sean's <laughs> side here. Yeah, it's I, I think it is. I think this actually ends up being a horrible slot fest. I'll take the under. I mean, it's there are like 39 and a half. I'll go under that. I think this ends up being like a 13-10 type of game. I I think Denver edges it out. Pittsburgh covers. And we're moving on to my favorite game of the week. And I'll even call it the lock of the week. And I'm going to start us off in Carolina and Seattle here, Mr. Delter. Uh, This started off at minus three. It has gone down to one and a half as that Seattle money is coming in. Uh, Carolina, the one and a half favorite. And if that, I, I know that screams that's the Seattle line. But I, I think the people in Vegas have it wrong. I'm taking Carolina all day and give I will give out the point and a half. James, who do you have in this one? Yeah, Johnny, I'm with you. I, look, what have we talked about all year? This Carolina team is like the most perennial underrated team. I mean, over and over and over again every week. These guys just don't get any credit. They went 15 and one, have the <laughs> best player on the planet right now, and they're not even a three-point favorite at home against a team that almost lost to Blair Walsh. I, I mean, come <laughs> on, dude. I, I I don't get this at all. And the fact that it's on a, a three or even three and a half, and it stays there, is is an outrage. If I'm Ron Rivera, I'm in that room saying. Nobody believes in us. Let's go kick the shit out of these guys. Uh, by the way, Carolina's defense also does not suck. Uh, Sean Brace, who do you have in this one? Easily, I'm right there with you. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks offense. What did they score? How many points in that game against the Vikes? Nine. Was it yeah. they, it, it, just, it was incredible. Ten, that yes. they, Yeah, 10 because they, they still won the game. They won, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, it's not the same offense. Russell Wilson is a tremendous quarterback, tremendous talent. He can run around with the best of them, but give me the Carolina Panthers all day. Carolina's going to the Super Bowl, boys. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I can't wait to see that. And, and the reason why I can't wait to see it is because this ne- next matchup, it's going to go one of two ways, but uh, Arizona uh, coming out as a seven and a half point favorite in the open hasn't changed much. Just gone down to seven itself. Uh, I mean, that's this is screams Arizona to me here, Sean, but Arizona Green Bay, who do you have in this one, sir? When I say ring the bell, what does that exactly mean? Does so, that mean I'm well, going you're underdog? starting it off. You start. No. Uh, you ring the bell when you want to challenge somebody. Yeah. Like, no, screw that. Okay. You want to go okay. to the other side. Well, here. I'm going to go. I'm going to start off here, and I'm going to say, look, Arizona is a really, really good squad. They beat up on Uh-oh. Green Bay. Green Bay looks like a different squad at this point in time. I think they got healthier uh, than, than the last time they went up against Arizona that late season beatdown. Uh, I'm still going Arizona. Come on, give me Arizona and Carolina in the NFC Championship game. We all want that. Give me Arizona all day. Uh, James Seltzer, who do you have in this one, sir? Yeah, I wish I could ring the bell, but I can't. I just think Arizona's a much, much, much better football team. I don't even think it's close. I, I, look, Aaron Rodgers is the man, and you never like to bet against that guy in the playoffs, but Arizona, great home team. Would they beat him 38-8 to eight the last time they played? Yeah, I feel good yeah. about laying the seven. Uh, gentlemen, you make uh, great points. It's in Arizona. It's really tough to play there. <laughs> <laughs> The bell. Look, I think Arizona wins this thing. I, I really do. But the seven is seven is just too much because if the over under is 49 and a half, 50, I, I don't know. It's not going to be 30 to 10, you know? I, I, uh, I Like it was last time, you mean? No, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody's going to get caught up in that. It's actually going to be a lot closer to this. Arizona wins. 
but I, I think Green Bay comes in with the backdoor cover here. So that's what I'm playing with. Uh, James, we'll go to the the last selection. The uh, the I guess the what every Eagles fan is basically going to keep their eyes on here, so they can officially announce that Doug Peterson is uh, going to be the new head coach of the Eagles. New England opened at five. It stayed there. Some places it's gone down to four and a half. New England, Kansas City in New England. James, who do you have in this one? Johnny, I know, I know a lot of people out there rooting for New Eagles coach Doug Peterson. Uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily, I've been talking to Andy, as I said. Um, he has let me know the game plan and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, uh, seriously, though, I, look, I, I, this is one of those things where all week I've been thinking, oh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. And it seems like everybody is on the Chiefs. And for that reason, I'm going back the other way, Johnny. Brady's going to have his uh, – look, Gronk is the, is, the, is the question mark here. Assuming Gronk plays – Gronk, Edelman, Amendola, that offense is going to be close to right the, for the first time in a long time. The offensive line is healing up. Their defense is healthy and really good, underrated, really good defense. I'm going to I'm gonna lay the four and a half. I don't feel great about it. I think the Pats win by a touchdown. Wow. Uh, Juan's ringing the bell in the chat room. He's going against you. Sean Brace, are you ringing the bell with Kansas City, New England? Capital R. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got you come on. Kansas City is rolling right now. After that performance, I know it was Brian Hoyer. I know it was the Houston Texans, but it's a really, really good defense. I'm not talking about the offense. I know the Macklin injury and and the injuries that the Kansas City Chiefs have have um, have to deal with this whole season. But bottom line is that defense is ferocious, and they're going to make it difficult for Mr. Tom Brady. I realize it's the playoffs. Don't bet against the Patriots, all that good stuff. But bottom line is, I think the Chiefs are ready for this challenge, and that defense will step up and answer the bell. Give me the Chiefs. Uh, answer me this. Has Andy Reid ever beat Bill Belichick? <laughs> Hell no. Oh, no. Okay. So, ring the bell. You're giving me a 20% Jeremy Macklin. You got Julian Edelman, who is – mark this down – who is absolutely going to light up Marcus Peters absolutely light him up that is going to be the worst matchup of his career and he's going to make him look silly i think new england doesn't steamroll but definitely covers i'll take new england with this one so uh thank you for joining us with the nfl picks uh, of course as always and sean will let you have the the first final say what are your final thoughts as we're rolling out here final thoughts are everybody relax Let's just, you know, let's let the guy get hired. And I'm talking about Doug Peterson before we start calling uh, for the next coaching search to take place in 2017. Everybody relax. I know it's really tough for us to do it in the city of Philadelphia. Eagles fans across the world. I know that's not what we're known for. Relaxing. And especially now it's times 10 with social media. It's even worse these days. But just everybody give it a second. Let's see how this plays out. Got the draft. There's some decent guys that are on the Eagles roster right now. We'll see. And plus, the all-important division stinks. So just give it some time. Uh, James Elser, final thoughts, pal. Oh, you're making me go after Aaron Rodgers, huh? Mr. Relax over there. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'll go the other way. Panic! Everybody panic! This is a disaster. <laughs> no, I, uh, look, I, I, I'm very disappointed in the way everything was handled, the process, the coaching search, uh, the Peterson hire itself. Uh, again, don't know if it'll work or not. You know, there's... There's a lot of factors that, that are still going to play out, but um, I, I'm certainly as pessimistic about this franchise as I have been uh, really in a long, long time. Um, 
But, you know, at least we got playoff football, John. So, uh, <laughs> and Sean, with the hell of a ring the bell there. That's yeah. how you ring the bell for the first time. Real quick, uh, 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 since the Eagles are so disappointing to talk about, just to, to add on to that Edelman thing, how about this fact? Edelman, the Patriots offense with Edelman, 6.9 yards per play as opposed to 4.7 without. That That's yeah. big time. Like, that's yeah. drastic. So, yeah, I uh, – Go Pats. Yeah, as soon as as soon as Tom Brady actually has something to throw at, that's you know what makes the kind of their offense go. So uh, I will say this: first of all, a, a big thank you again to our sponsor, Clip It. Let me tell you about this, guys. If you're not there now, and it's a it's perfect for the weekend. It is perfect for for the football and everything. Because here's what you can do with it. You know how I mean, like James and I, and I'm sure Sean does this too. We are always holding up our phone to the goddamn computer screen and it always looks ugly whether it's a play whether it's or it's the tv you get the squiggly lines clip it eliminates all of that completely it is live television on an app that you can go through as it's happening and make a, a 30 second full framed high hd clip and that is you know that's that's how you should do it and it's not and it's in the palm of your hand you don't have to do anything else it is literally sliding it clipping it putting it on twitter and saying wow did you miss this it's also a good way if you can't watch the game live, like you can go through basically everything and look for it yourself. If you've got if you got a hotspot the, or the, the LTE or on Wi-Fi, whatever it is, it's a great way just to kind of go back and watch the game as well. So uh, with that being said, my final thoughts kind of echo everybody else's. It's probably time to try and find the middle again. And I know that this episode probably for myself, and then not really in the middle. I think it's okay to be pissed off with how they've approached this thing, how they were dogged by a lot of possible other better candidates, but again, at the end of the day, you know, all these guys could be Mike McCoy and Doug Peterson could be the guy. I don't know. It, that, that would be an incredible lightning strike to happen twice and to do it at the same kind of process, especially with all the, you know, the PR hands and Andy Reid and everybody in here. But it's it's time to wait and see. Let's see how the, the draft gets developed, and then let's see, you know, how the preseason works out. And let's just find a coordinator, first of all. Let's let's wait for the announcement that he's actually coming here, just like James said. So, uh, with that being said, for uh, Mr. James Zeltzer, and, of course, uh, Sean Brace, again, thanks, buddy, for coming on. PhillyInfluencer.com. You can hear us uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays or one or the other sometimes, depending on our schedule. But the blog is always up and rolling 24-7. Go check it out, PhillyInfluencer.com. Dot com from of course for myself John Barchard I'd like to thank everyone for listening to episode number 142 of BGN Radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com at libertybroadcast.co we'll check you out next week you've been listening to BGN Radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network <laughs>